continuing in the in John 4 we'll be in John 4 10 through 14 as we continue to look at Jesus's encounter uh, with the woman at the well so we're gonna look at John chapter 4 verses 10 through 14 if you'll remember as we led into this story last week Jesus traveling uh, to Samaria has come to Jacob's well there he has met this woman uh, he has requested a drink from her um, and we continue now in this uh, conversation that they're having, this dialogue they're having in verse 10. If you would, as we begin to read the word of God, would you stand to give attention to the infallible, inerrant uh, word of God? Please stand as you're able. John chapter 4, starting in verse 10 through verses 14. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty or will never be thirsty forever. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord stands forever. Please be seated. Water is vital to life. You may sit there and go, well, thanks, duh. We know that. Water is vital to life. Life cannot be sustained without water. I mean, the definition, maybe not the definition, but the, the result of a desert is the lack of water. Plants cannot live or grow where there is no water. 60% of your body today is made up of water. Water is life. You would sooner die of dehydration than you would from hunger. You need water that much. This last few days, we have had rain and there's many many of us who say well it's inconvenient stuff it's have us to change plans but honestly we needed the rain after a dry few months we needed the rain much of our area is in a state of drought and the rain has come and i'm grateful for it because water brings life water you drink from the tap the water you showered with maybe this morning or hopefully this morning the water you wash your clothes with all of it we need from rain in our text today jesus uses the analogy of water water is something that gives life but physical water is always going to have its limitations I have water here, I drink it, and I will. But then what happens? My body processes it, my body gets rid of it, and I need to drink more water. It's a process. We drink water to live. But Jesus has something different to offer. He has a water that when we receive it, we will not die, we will not thirst again. Jesus here is using the physical object of water 
to convey a spiritual truth. It's a truth we all need to hear. So as we come to our text this morning, we're going to see three things. The living water, or living water, unquenched thirst, eternal life. Living water, unquenched thirst, and eternal life. We're going to begin by looking at living water. According to Jesus, as he comes to this woman, he, he is not trying to convey to her that the source of living water is from Jacob's well. Rather, Jesus is pointing to himself that he is the fount of eternal water, but she is not yet getting this. We know, as we've stated, that water is absolutely necessary for life. Where there is water, there is life. And by analogy, where there is Jesus, there is life. As the well gives water for our bodies, so does God give life to our soul. And it's interesting here that Jesus specifies by saying living water. Now, this wouldn't have been so uncommon to her ears to hear living water. Uh, it, it wouldn't be like, why did you add living to water? Water is just water. Living water referred to a specific kind of water. It referred to fresh running water in contrast to stagnant setting in pools water, which was not living water. I mean, it was commonly known. You drink from a pool that's just been sitting there, muddy and murky. What was likely to happen to you? Well, there's all kinds of bacteria that grow in living water and fungus that grow in, in or not in living water, but in standing water. Uh, as people pass through those water pools, they leave dirt behind them. You can get sick. You can die. It is the opposite of living water. It is water that can kill you. Living water is a theme that is seen throughout the Old Testament. Jeremiah 2.13, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Isaiah 44.3, for I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your offering and my blessing on your descendants. God has already painted himself as the picture of living water. He is a fountain of life. And Jesus comes to this woman and he wants her to know and understand two things. First, God has a gift to give her. The gift is eternal life this, through this living water. But that gift must come as she receives Jesus himself as her Savior sent by God to bring life to a dying world, to bring water that refreshes the soul. We need God's gift desperately, the gift of living water, and it can only be received through Jesus Christ. In essence, Jesus is approaching her with the gospel. It's, again, as I, remind, as I told you last week, we need to paint this, uh, or we need to see the contrast, I should say, between, not contrast, but the, the similarities between Nicodemus and the Samaritan woman. Uh, previously in the story of Nicodemus, we saw you need to be born again, and Nicodemus, he could only think in terms of physical birth. And likewise, this woman could only think in terms of physical water, but Jesus was pointing to a spiritual reality. Salvation comes through living water. 
He is the pure, life-giving stream. It's this wonderful difference between stagnant, as we've seen, and pure water. I often, you know, I don't recommend anyone go out to the lake and, and drink the water. I don't think it'll end well for you. But I love, me and my wife love watching, because she desperately wants to move there someday, one day. Love watching shows about Alaska. And you go to these places in Alaska where the glaciers are literally melting through rock streams, and you can just scoop up the water and just drink it. Talk about cold ice water, refreshing. This is what Jesus is. He is like that cool, fresh water that gives life. And we must come to the living water. This water not tainted with sin. This water sent and given to us by the, our Father in heaven. We come and drink of his salvation and are renewed. But far too many of the world around us, far too many of us at one point in our life, remained thirsty. We had unquenched thirst. As Jesus is talking to this woman, and as she is completely missing the point, we understand, I think, her response. And she basically, it's a very practical response. It's the same response, in essence, of Nicodemus when Jesus said, you must be born again. And, and Nicodemus is like, how can I go into my mother and be born again? It's a very similar response here, right? You don't even have a bucket. How are you going to draw water from this well, by the way of which was given to us by the patriarch Jacob? How are you better than Jacob? Her, her, her response to him was very practical, we see in verse 11. Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and this well is deep. In fact, it was probably one of the deepest well, wells in the region. Are you greater? And so then she asked him, are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us this well. He drank from it. His sons drank from it. His livestock drank from it. In essence, she appeals to a position of, uh, of authority, right? She appeals to Jacob himself. Who are you in comparison with the patriarch? Jacob. She can't, she is unable to see what Jesus is talking about. She doesn't understand. She completely misses his offer of salvation. She is dead to the spiritual realities that Jesus is speaking about. Paul would say it this way in 1 Corinthians 2. The natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. She cannot understand spiritually discerned things. She could only think in terms of physical water and literal wells. And she does not understand what Jesus is talking about. How can you give me living water when you're not greater than Jacob and you don't have anything to draw water with? She doesn't understand that Jesus has far more power than any earthly authority. He has authority over our eternal souls. Her greatest need was to be reconciled to God, but she didn't know it. So Jesus talks to her again. Everyone who drinks, verse 13, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. In essence, he says, it's not that water I'm talking about. It's not physical water I'm talking about. 
whoever drinks of the water I will give him will never be thirsty forever. The water I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And again, I think there's some common sense here that she would have been like, yeah, I, yeah, of course if I drink, I'm going to get thirsty again. I, I know the process. Every day I drink and I come back out to this well because this is my supply of water and of course I'm going to get thirsty and so I'm going to come here and I'm what are you talking about? Of course. You're asking me for water yourself. Why? Because you're thirsty. There's a stubbornness and a lack of understanding. This earthly source of life will not satisfy eternally. Because nothing but God satisfies the soul. It was true for Nicodemus. It was true for the Samaritan woman. It's true for you. You might have all the world can offer you and still be unfulfilled. The reality is this, that from the time you're born, you're dying of thirst. From the time you're born, you're dying of thirst. Now, there's, a, I think, a physical reality to this because as soon as you're born, what do you want to do? You want to drink. I need my mother's milk. I need it to physically grow. There's a spiritual reality to this. To the time, from the time we're born, we are dying of thirst. And we may go through our life and we may try to quench our thirst. Maybe we look to the world and we look for satisfaction there. Maybe we look to money and power and possessions and we look for satisfaction there. Maybe we look to loved ones, to relationships, and find satisfaction there, but we will never find life in what they offer. All water, all that is not from Jesus will only harm and kill us. Power, position, whatever it might be. All, all of it leads us from the true source of life. And there's an implicit warning here. Don't remain with your thirst unquenched. Because if you are thirsty and you don't drink, you will die. One of the things I realized at the end of our workday yesterday, because it was an overcast day and it was somewhat breezy and I didn't drink. I didn't really didn't drink through the day because I just didn't feel like I was sweating that much. Then I got done, and I was like, man, I am thirsty. And I drank, and I drank, and I drank. We cannot leave our thirst being unquenched. We are to come and drink deeply of Jesus, to be renewed and refreshed in him, to, to know the salvation that he has freely offered to us, knowing that we don't have to earn it. We just have to come receive it freely. Put our faith and trust in him. Jesus offers, his point here to the woman is that I, I am the source of living water. Not I, me. I, Jesus is speaking of himself. Jesus is the source of living water that only in him 
is eternal life given. She would find nothing but water at the bottom of the well. And he only puts one condition. Come and drink. He doesn't ask her to be good enough. He doesn't, in fact, we'll look at this more in the coming week. He doesn't ask her to be perfect. Come and drink. Come and drink of the water that I give you and never be thirsty again. Leon Morris says it this way. The gift of living water is not a reward for meritorious service. It is a gift that brings to anyone who receives it, no matter how insignificant and limited he or she may be, a totally new experience, a new power, a new life, a life that is eternal. This woman's sin, and they, are, they were many, did not keep her from salvation. Receiving salvation, receiving this water was fulfilled when she received God, his salvation through Jesus Christ alone. It is the glorious promise of the gospel. Come, I offer you satisfaction for your souls. Follow Jesus, pick up your cross, endure the hardships of life. And in you will spring up fountains of living water. You will be filled with my spirit, born again to a new life. Come to Jesus and be saved through faith in him. Sadly, it is a great tragedy for Christians that many Christians who have claimed they have found the fountain of eternal life but know little of its blessings. They know little of its righteousness. They know little of its peace and joy. They are living without enjoying the spiritual blessings of Jesus. Are you still filling your soul with water that leaves you thirsty? And wanting. We have to stop craving worldly success and stop drinking of the water of this world and renew our commitment to Christ and in Him find refreshing water flowing freely from His grace. This woman didn't get it. She's going to get it. He's going to continue to talk to her. We're going to see this in the coming, coming weeks. He's going to work on her heart till she believes, and in turn, she's going to go to her, her village, and they're all going to believe. But right now, she didn't get it. So often, we fail to understand what Jesus is offering us. He's not just relying, or he's just not just offering us an out for our struggles. He's offering us a relationship with Him. The gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life, the gift of this eternal water or this living water is Jesus himself. It's a relationship that never ends. In a world where everything is so unsatisfactory, Jesus satisfies perfectly. It has a promise that is overwhelming in its goodness. Who, who does not want to live forever? 
but we miss something if we simply think that eternal life is what we gain. Eternal, eternal life is a product of what we gain. What we gain is relationship and fellowship with him, with Jesus. It's about satisfaction. He satisfies us in a way that nothing else can. I mentioned to you early in the Gospel of John, we've been studying the Gospel of John, I don't know, three or four months now, two, three months now, whatever it's been. And I said early on, you're going to hear the Gospel a lot in the Gospel of John. The gospel, John wants you to understand the Gospel. His goal is that you understand the Gospel. And we see it presented again here. And, and I also, if you remember, I warned you, you should never grow tired of hearing the Gospel. You should never go, okay, I got this. This is, I understand this. But we see the gospel wonderfully presented for us again here in the text. Jesus has something that we need. All that we have to do is come and drink deeply, to come and have faith in him. And so we are left. We are left with two things. Do you know this fount of living water? If you don't, if you don't know this fount of living water, if you don't know Jesus, if you have not made a personal commitment to him, if you've not come to him and said, Jesus, I am a sinner in need of your grace. Come, may I drink from the living water. Then come and know him. Do not wait. Do not tarry. Do not think he has nothing to offer you. Come and know Jesus. Surrender yourself to him. But if you do know him, if you are a Christian, if you have professed faith in Jesus Christ, the question for you is this. Why are you continuing to try to satisfy yourself in the world around you and the people around you? No, there are none who can satisfy you. If you're looking for satisfaction in a job or in family or in friends or in anything else, you will be unsatisfied. If you're looking for satisfaction in me, I will certainly not satisfy you. Ask my wife. That came off not how I meant it. A little embarrassed now. but I can't be all that she needs me to be. I can't be for you what all that I, you would need me to be. We must come to the one true living water to find our refreshment in him, to come and drink humbly and deeply of the life-giving streams that flow from Jesus Christ. It is the wonderful truth of the gospel, and we need to lay claim of that truth. Nothing else can satisfy. Jesus offers to us living water, not water that is stagnant and stale, water that renews and refreshes our soul. And we must stop trying to quench our thirst on the things of this world, knowing they will not satisfy. 
They will leave you wanting more. They will leave you helpless and hopeless. Come to him who can provide for you eternal life. Come and have relationship with Jesus as a free gift of God. Receive Jesus himself, the one, the true giver of life. It is the wonderful, beautiful reality and truth of, God, of the gospel. Nothing else will satisfy your soul like Jesus. Nothing. And we try and we try Maybe if I get married, that'll satisfy me. Maybe if I have kids, that'll satisfy me. Maybe if I get the job and the pay raise, that'll satisfy me. Maybe if everyone at school likes me, that'll satisfy me. We try and we try. And they will all let you down in the end. Jesus alone can satisfy your soul. Jesus alone can quench that thirst. That feeling of, I need water. I need Jesus. Him and him alone. Only he satisfies. Let's pray. Oh, Father in heaven, we're so thankful that you have given us the fount of living water. We're so thankful that you have offered it to us freely. Lord, if there are any in this room who do not know that fount of living water, oh, Lord, we ask and pray that you would come upon them now, that you would prick their hearts and conscience, that they would come and they would seek and they would know you. And Lord, if there are any in this room who have laid claim of that fount of living water but are still find, looking and finding satisfaction in the things of this world, oh Lord, draw them again to yourself. Would they know the emptiness and the hopelessness of being satisfied in this world? And Lord, strengthen us all that we may serve you and love you. Well, we ask and pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen.